Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by La Mega KC, Kansas City Spanish radio station. Listen online or at 100.5 FM. We're also sponsored by our friends at 1KC Radio. Listen at 100.1 in the KC Metro or online at 1kcradio.org. So we know the dog park isn't for every dog. What do you do if that's the case? David Adams, creator of SniffSpot, might just have the answer. Coming up on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. And I'm Sierra Howe. Welcome to the program. We're coming to you from our maze-like building here at 59th and Truce in Kansas City, Missouri. We're a nonprofit dedicated to keeping pets and people together. And it is cold. Yeah, it's cold. It's extra literally cold snowing here. outside. Yeah, snowing. And um, it's extra cold in the studio. Sierra yeah. has her old man sweater on that heats yes. up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Happy early Christmas to me. Um, no, I love it. And uh, the brand is Oro. This is uh, not sponsored by them. No, they're not paying, they're not paying money. Uh. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, why don't we go do some pet news? All righty. What is it that we want from a companion animal? What are the features that appeal to us emotionally and help create that bond? We know that pets can provide relief from loneliness and the challenges of aging. We also know that technology is moving us toward the day when we can have robot companions. So how can we take the behaviors that endear dogs to us and create artificial companions utilizing those features? This is what was on the mind of Katie Riddick of the University of Glasgow and her colleagues as they gave 153 dog owners a survey with open-ended questions about behaviors they felt played key roles in bonding with their dog. Some of the behaviors are things you might recognize from your own life with dogs, nudging you with a paw, for example, or looking back at you when you're on walks. These behaviors foster the idea of the dog being protective or checking in. All in all, they were able to identify seven core categories that were important, attunement, communication, consistency and predictability, physical affection, positivity and enthusiasm, proximity, and shared activities. Could programming these behaviors into a robotic dog provide the same fulfillment and mental health benefits as bonding with a real live dog? Sierra, mm. what do you think? Well, first off, I don't even want to picture a world without dogs sure, sure. and ro- having robot companions instead. But I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted because I feel like there's going to be an emotional emotional disconnect mm-hmm. because that robot is not another living and breathing right. person or being. Um, but I also understand that humans have different interests. So I feel like it just depends on the person, right? whether or not they would reap the benefits of that type of friendship, even if it is with a robot. Right. And I know last episode we were talking about the experiment where they had people pet a dog and then pet uh, mm-hmm. a water bottle uh, with a wrapping on it. And they show, it showed that, you know, there was a activity in the social part of the brain when people were petting the dog. And so I'd be curious to see if that kind of, if that, that kind of reaction will still happen with a robotic dog or if it's a thing that will develop over time. Like, I would imagine yeah. there's probably a high barrier to entry, like 
for example, because I, I know part of the reason that they want to do this is because then you don't. We're have all going to gonna die. Well, apart from <laughs> that, sure. I wasn't going to go that dark, but um, no, it's because, you know, when you have companion animals that go to different places, nursing homes and hospitals and stuff like that, that's going to be stressful for the dog. They're taking on a lot of emotions from a lot of different people. Very true. So I think that's part of the idea is having them be, be available for those types of mm-hmm. situations. Um, but I don't know. I would imagine with people who are older, maybe in nursing homes, it would be harder for them to accept a robot dog as opposed to like a child who doesn't have as fully formed of an idea. Yeah, because we've talked about that too uh-huh. with doing this experiment with young kids. Right. Um, so I'm curious. I'll be curious to see how this how this shapes up. Will I too. get a robot dog? Probably. I know you would. I hope I'm not alive when this all happens because <laughs> <laughs> I love my dogs. All right. Anyway, speaking of love, when Lauren Seiler was scrolling on Instagram and saw a picture of a senior lab who had just been surrendered to a shelter, something about her sweet eyes and white face flipped a switch and made Lauren finally feel strong enough to try her hand at fostering. And Lisa, Lauren's roommate and best friend, was all in to go meet Annie. Annie is 19 years young and she isn't in the best shape. And sadly, the veterinarians at Dallas Animal Services estimated that she only had about a month to live. Lauren couldn't bear the thought of Annie being put down in a shelter and thought, quote, if all I get is, a, is Annie for a week, then at least she will die with somebody that she knew loves him. Annie's current foster, Stephanie and Duke, did a really good job at laying out the expectations of taking care of a senior pet, and Annie has been living with Lauren and Lisa for four months now. The two best friends are making sure to share their beautiful friendship and all the love Annie has brought into their lives with others on Instagram. I'll leave you with this final excerpt from Stephanie, who has a lot of experience fostering senior pets because I really can't say it better myself. She says, quote, People surrendering older dogs happens every single day. Most of the time, the reason is what they listed for Annie, which is she's old, she can't walk, she can't eat, it's a lot of work, and we're just kind of done with her. I can only speak for myself, Duke, Lauren, and Lisa that that's not even a concept. We love our animals so much, and they're given, they've given us so much. In Annie's case, 19 years, how could you not be there for her in her final moments? Yeah. Which... We also didn't get Annie's previous owners, their side of the story. Sure. So I don't want to make any assumptions because, I mean, we talked briefly about this earlier, but we don't know um, their reasoning behind giving her up. And obviously, when you've had a pet for 19 years, that decision isn't going to be easy. Yeah. But I like this story as an example because it shows the importance of fostering. And also fostering senior pets because historically they do not do well in shelters. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she was given a month to live, but now she's, you know, in a home with two people who have lots of love to give. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that can really turn a pet's health around. Yes. Agreed. So go follow her on Instagram. Maybe we can put the handle in the show notes. Yeah, we'll do that. She's so cute. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, why don't we go talk to David Adams about Sniff Spot? It smells like a good episode. Oh boy. I've been thinking that up. I won't. I'll, but I- if you want to replace it, sounds good.
heard from Bar K's David Hensley, the dog park isn't for every dog. So what do you do if you've got one of those dogs, a dog who's shy or fearful or dog aggressive? Or what if you live in an area where there's not a lot of dog parks? Well, we've got another David on the show this week with an option for you. He's the creator of Sniff Spot, an application that lets you rent out other people's spaces to get your own pets some enrichment. We're excited to have him on the show today. David Adams, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Thanks for having me. Uh, so first of all, tell us about the pets in your life. Well, um, I have two dogs. One is Soba, one is Toshi. And it's kind of a cool story how I can have those dogs. Soba, uh, I adopted Soba myself in 2016. My first dog I ever adopted. I still think I was crazy for doing it. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was getting into. (laughs) And um, Toshi came to me through my now wife, who I met in 2017. Uh, She had adopted Toshi back in uh i believe 2015 um so now soba and toshi are the two dogs that are in my life awesome so now my understanding is that uh, soba has a little bit to do with the impetus behind sniff spot you want to tell us about that yeah so um actually both toshi and soba were involved and the funny story about sniff spot is even though um i'm the founder of sniff spot sniff spot actually wasn't my idea really so yeah, so it all happened back in uh, late 2017. I just started dating Rebecca, mm-hmm. um, who's Toshi's uh, Toshi's dog mom, and um, she traveled with Toshi for work. I was living; in, we were both living in Seattle. I was living downtown with Soba, and just having a crazy time, just trying to get Soba's basic exercise, living in a concrete jungle, basically. Sure, sure. sure. Meanwhile, Rebecca's traveling with Toshi. And she texted me one night and she said, wow, it's so hard on the road to even take care of Toshi's basic needs. I wish there was an app where I could find a place to let him off safely. Mm. And that was the original idea for Sniff Spot. Wow. That's such a, I mean, it's such a good idea. Like when we, we first talked about it um, on our last episode, there was a, a news article that we found that we went over uh, for the episode and just... I don't know. I was like, Oh, this is amazing. I can't believe no one's ever thought of this before. It's such a, it's such a perfect idea. It It is weird how, um, it, it is, it was very surprising to me how it took off yeah. um, because it, it did seem like just kind of a random little fun thing to do. I, I put up a little website for it. I, um, posted some, some ads on Craigslist for, for yard owners mm-hmm. And I have been amazed how it's taken off. And now we're all across the country and around the world. And we've, we've had over 13,000 hosts sign up. Wow. Well, let's talk about the advantages of uh, private enrichment and exercise space for a shy and fearful dog. Oh yeah. So, so th- this is pretty interesting about sniff spot. Well, why do people use sniff spot? What's the, uh, this is the question I've asked myself. Why are so many people using SniffSpot? Right. And what I've come to realize is, in general, the modern world wasn't built for dogs. Right, right. Cities weren't built for dogs. Dogs evolved. They were bred to run free out in the open. And, and that's, that's what they're designed for. Now they're living in apartments. They're living on leash. Mm-hmm. And as a result, dogs are having all kinds of problems. There's, there's reactivity. There's obesity. There is anxiety, and these are symptoms of the modern world with dogs. Mm-hmm. Sniff spot is a unique way to get dogs back to the environment that they evolved for. 
which is being able to run free, sniff, explore, do their own thing in an environment that is not crowded as in in a private environment that's safe. So that's the big picture of why sniff spot has taken off in terms of like what people are using it. Definitely. It's, it's great for dogs that are shy or dogs that are reactive Mm -hmm. because those dogs don't really have an option. The, the the dog park is a very scary place for dogs like that. Mm. And it's not a place of any kind of enrichment or relaxation. However, it's not just that that's not the only type of person that's using, that's using sniff spot. There, 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 there are a few other big categories and a million really interesting use cases that I never, ever would have thought of. So the, the other big, the other big categories first of all, are people that their dogs might, you know, not be selective or not be reactive, but they, they just want to avoid dog parks. Mm. Um, Dog parks are important. They're important part of cities, but they've also got drawbacks because you can't control the dogs that are there. And often owners are not the most responsible. Right. So people, a lot of people want to avoid dog parks regardless of how their dog reacts to the dog parks. And the thing that we're seeing more and more uh, now as we've added more and more spots is that spots are just better than a dog park. Mm. We've got spots that are 20 acres fully fenced. We've got dog water parks. We've got indoor spots. We've got dog beaches. We've got dog agility courses. These are things that you can't have experiences like that at a dog park. Dog parks like that don't really exist in any kind of way in in most cities. So those are the big, those are kind of the big buckets of why people are using sniff spot so much today. Makes sense. You know, and that was one of the things um, folks can go to um, the website. It's sniffspot.com and they can take a look at the blog there. There's a lot of community posts that, um, I was really interested in a lot of the a lot of the use cases there, um, just to see the the different reasons that people and the different you know people from all different uh, backgrounds and different areas, and they all have different needs. But this really fills that need for them, and that's really awesome. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's been really cool to see it. Um, so now, of course, there's not just the finding a place for your dog. There is also the opportunity for people to rent out their own spaces. Um, how does that, what does that look like? And, and what do people need to do to begin that process? Yeah. So um, it's, it's really easy. So we, for, first of all, in terms of who could actually do this, we try to keep the minimum requirements for people to share spots. Mm-hmm. So if you have a space that's safe and what we mean by that is it's got to be private. So there can't be dogs, people, or, or domestic animals in the space during visits. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be free of major hazards. You can share it. And signing up is so easy. You can go to sniffspot.com, fill out a couple questions, your address, add some photos, and um, you can publish a spot with us. We check every spot manually. Mm-hmm. But for a host, it's not. we're not putting the legwork on the host. So you can easily add a spot. It's 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 easy to add spots. It's also pretty easy to manage spots. We've got hosts that are getting hundreds of visits every month, and they are only spending a few months or a, a few hours a month actually managing their spot. Right. 
Yeah, that's really interesting because it does seem like, and especially with the you know the the wide variety of spaces and amenities that the different uh, spots offer, um, it does really seem like it it would it would be and is um, very easy to sign up. But also um, the fact that you have those different spaces and they rent for different amounts. Is that right? Yep. So as a host, you have complete control over your space Mm -hmm. because we have so much diversity. Every spot is unique. We try to leave it open for people to use their imagination. Mm. And that includes on pricing. So if someone wants to add dog Disneyland, we want them to be able to charge for dog Disneyland. If someone wants to share their small backyard, then we're happy for them to set whatever price they think is reasonable for that. Right. And the pricing does seem pretty reasonable when I look on there, you know, just like for an average spot, you know, um, we're seeing what is the, is there a minimum set for that? Uh, the, so we, we don't, we actually, I mean, the only minimum we set is that there be a price, <laughs> right? Right. So right. we don't set any minimum. Um, a lot of our hosts charge just a few dollars. Yeah. That's what I was noticing. Um, and generally people would pay five, 10, $15, uh, for a spot that they're visiting, which for like an hour of enrichment, that's pretty great. I would say. Yeah. It, it, you know, we see people who are very happy with the price and generally our feedback from guests is that they want us to raise price because they think their hosts are so amazing that they want them to make more money so that they stick around. That's awesome. Now, does it, does it feel like it's really fostering a better sense of community, um, in terms of, in terms of pets? Oh, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It, the, the thing that's, the thing that's, this is one of the things that's the most cool about Sniff Spot is, you know, I, when, when I started it, I, I quickly realized that people that are using Sniff Spot are really passionate about their dogs. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, first of all, you've got guests who are literally paying for their dog to have a good time. Right. That's pretty rare in this world mm-hmm. for someone to be willing to pay for their dog to have a good time. Secondly, for hosts, you've got people sharing their private land. Right. And that's a pretty big deal. And they're doing it because they care about dogs. So it it turns out that we've got, on both sides, people that just really, really care. And when you bring those people together, it's pretty special because they already have something pretty powerful in common. So you mentioned that you're in a lot of different areas right now. The the service has spread to a lot of different areas and including overseas. What what kind of what kind of places are we talking about? Yeah. Well, Sniff Spot today is operating in more than three thousand different cities. Wow. So it's all over the place. Now the majority of of our spots are in the United States, mm-hmm. but we've got spots in all fifty states. And pretty much within a drive of anyone in the United States, there will be spots that people can go visit. Now, internationally, our biggest market is Canada. Okay. Yeah, sure. And we've got a smattering of spots all across the world, in Europe, in, uh, in Australia, in New Zealand, uh, South America. Wow. So we're starting to see more and more people getting wind of this all over the world and really sniff spot set up so that anywhere people at a spot, 
they can provide a space for dogs. One of the things that we're big on here at the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City is is finding the needs of the community and and meeting those needs. And I think this really provides an important service for folks um, in a lot of different situations. So this is pretty awesome, and uh, we'll definitely be evangelizing about Sniff Spot to anyone that's uh, people that have shy and fearful dogs or people that travel a lot. Honestly, um, yeah. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you found us, and thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Good to have you. are less than a week away from Thanksgiving, that day of days when we eat and eat and eat and eat, and then we eat some more, and we put the leftovers away, but then get them out later to eat some more. Uh, where there's food, there's pets waiting to eat food, but not all foods are good for pets, so we thought we'd go over human foods that aren't good for pets. Uh, we're going to take you quickly through a few different categories of foods with varying levels of toxicity. Number one is sweets and chocolate. This is a big category. Different types of chocolates have different levels of theobromine, which is a stimulant that can affect the kidneys, heart, and central nervous system of a pet. Sweets that contain xylitol, an artificial sweetener, are a huge no-no because dogs process it just like sugar, which means they can end up with low blood sugar. Number two is caffeine. It's a stimulant, and they're more sensitive to it than humans, so keep them away from it. The American Animal Hospital Association notes that calls to the pet poison hotline for caffeine poisoning more than doubled through the pandemic. So they're still up now, even though we're, you know, several years into that. And number three is alcohol. Apart from the ethanol in it causing alcohol poisoning in pets, the carbonation from beer or cider can cause intestinal distress. And hops, which is used to brew beer, can be lethal to pets, though scientists aren't exactly sure why yet. Number four is salt. Just like in humans, too much salt can lead to excessive thirst and urination and can also cause them sodium ion poisoning. So please don't let your pets season their own food. Number five is alliums. Alliums refer to a specific genus of flowering plants that includes onions, garlics, leeks, shallots, chives, and scallions. They are very, very bad for pets, impairing their ability to carry oxygen through the bloodstream, so be extra careful. Number six, bread dough and yeast. This is one that people don't realize can be dangerous. As yeast grows, bread dough expands and can cause intestinal blockage. The gases it gives off can cause intestinal distress. And the ethanol it creates as a byproduct can cause alcohol poisoning. So, you know, keep these things in mind so that we can enjoy the holiday peacefully, knowing everyone is safe. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks again to David Adams for being on the show today. To learn more about SniffSpot, you can head to SniffSpot.com or just download the app. As for us, we're a nonprofit dedicated to keeping pets and people together, and you can help. Just go to PRCKC.org and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, you know what to do. Please rate us and leave us a review. That helps new people find us. And for all the latest information, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. So tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as Anna Quinlan wrote, occasionally someone will tell me that they won't have pets because they're messy. And I suppose there's some truth to that between the fur and the slobber and the occasional puddle on the floor. I have to choke down the temptation to respond that life is messy. And its vagaries go down hardest with those who fool themselves into thinking they can keep it neat. Take care. 
Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. Produced and written and hosted by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro. Recorded, mixed, and mastered by Dave Shapiro. Music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Hazel Raw Musical Industries. 